Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Uh, not SoundCloud, Stitcher, of course, Almighty Baller Network, and Netsdaily.com. Brian. Where else can you not find us? You cannot find us for sure yeah. on the actual radio, but that apparently may happen soon. We may find out. Can't talk about that yet, but we'll see. Um, Mike, I woke. I, I walked by your your house last night, late at night. You didn't knock. And uh, didn't I've knock noticed on that on your sh- I've noticed that on your street um there's like there's like five fitness centers. It's like the fitness district on your street on your block. It's, it's insane. I've never seen so much fitness on one street. And it's I mean, you know, I appreciate fitness, you know, Michelle Obama, let's move a campaign. Total supporter, yeah. but they are the two of the worst possible uh type of people show up to these two establishments it's well they're not they're not normal fitness places there's no crunch it's like they they have strange themes they're they they seem to like be serving food at a lot of them or something i i they're like designer fitness places that's a total that, that's one phenomenon is the coffee shop within something that's unrelated to coffee so that's yeah. happening so i'm i'm in between a peloton and a rumble okay yeah and if you, <laughs> obviously now if you google you can figure out where i live uh, pretty easily, but yeah. Peloton, if you don't know, is a crazy concept where they sell you a like two thousand uh, dollar bike that has on it a internet connected TV that you could plug into classes from anywhere in the world. So it's a mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever. And then Rumble is a boxing inspired gym yeah. <clears throat> that until recently I could hear the the sound of speed bags going off in my apartment. Did- did you do something about it? Did you complain? I actually was an adult. I did I did uh, adult things. I said I emailed. I met wow. in person. But let me ask you this. So this situation. So I go and meet the guy in person. So this situation again, I the sound of the speed bag, which was very rare, but I would hear it in the apartment. I went down and talked to the guy about it. He was very nice. Extremely mm-hmm. nice. Thank you, Rumble, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we're right here for you. Wow. And um, he offered, though, during the conversation, he said, hey. Why, why don't I give you a class for free? Wow. I okay. turned it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's time for that, sir. <laughs> I didn't want to be beholden to him. I didn't then want that to be the, yeah. the transaction that, that I owe him something. You don't want to get caught up in the rumble vortex. That's how they get you. Like, well, that, and I, it's the, the problem with those gyms is that they are actually addictive, I think. Yeah. And the minute you do it, then you're, you're done. It's your life is over. This goes this goes back into the when you're talking about the coffee shop fitness. This to bring it back to the nets when they had um they had. I'm excited to this, see where this goes. By the way, what is that shoe store? Um, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that has a cereal bar in it. This is when I I first this is when I first felt old for the first time when I was like a cereal bar in a shoe store. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> How could anyone want that crap? Yeah, yeah. Was that in the net? Was that in Barclays? No, it's like across the street. What the hell is it? It's got a, a what motels? Like if Kiffer Kiefer, I don't know something have, like that. Something like that the, motels. Have you been to the candy bar in uh, in uh, Barclays? I've I've seen that, and I've and I and I've never seen another human being inside of it. Just me. I've also seen <laughs> the barber shops in Barclays, which is amazing. Yeah, that's that's a whole awesome how do you, phenomenon. How do you plan for that? Like how 
I don't understand how that occurs to you that, yeah, I got like 15 minutes to spare. Well, I think that's so, and we can kind of dive right into this. This is going to be how this team makes headlines over the next five years is, so the biggest thing that the Nets have done all year is not win any amount of games that they have or whatever it may be. It's the biggie night. That is the only time, you know, this Nets team has gotten on. (laughs) No, no, come on. This is a heck of a night. This is a big W for us. Do Yeah, so that was a big, that was a big day. Um, obviously Nets win exciting over the Knicks. Um, I have a question for you later about, um, whose fan base is more depressed. Cause I have, a, that's, I think needs to be addressed, but yeah. how do you feel about the biggie night? How do you feel about, uh, the Nets sort of, uh, latching on to an icon mm-hmm. of New York city who really has no relation to the actual team, but like, what what are your feelings about it? Do you feel okay about it? Are you comfortable with it? Are you feeling icky? Um, I feel icky. I don't. I don't claim to have any ownership over the marketing, marketing, marketing perspectives Hashtag, of yes. of deceased rappers. So you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't really have a dog in, in this race, <laughs> right? Um, in general, though, I I don't tend to be offended by this kind of thing. I don't know. I don't. It's it just seems like you know, pretty rote cross promotional stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know. But once you is hang that, that banner, did... man, that is beyond cross promotion. <laughs> oh yeah. I that forgot is... about the banner. My God. The banner is yeah. fantastic. I mean, okay. If so, there's multiple, I have multiple feelings. One is that yeah. the banner's awesome. And during the TV broadcast, Sarah Kustak read the line. Love is the Brooklyn. Love is the Brooklyn way, which yeah. was amazing in her delivery. It was not, uh, she wasn't trying to do a big impression. So it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's right next to Jay-Z's banner. That's also beautiful. But mm-hmm. uh, it feels so I'm a DC sports fan and and Verizon Center. There are like four banners hanging up for the Mystics attendance records that they set the Washington okay. Mystics. And it's because the Wizards and Caps have done nothing. So yeah. it feels a little bit like that. Like we got to fill the space somehow and we're just <laughs> going to put up something that people yeah. are going to look at and tweet about. But that's like, that was like um, when when Paul Pierce joined the Nets and they were talking about Atlantic Division championships. And he was like, I don't like I don't even do we put I don't think we put those up in Boston. Like, I don't think we even cared about. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're yeah. putting up. So yeah. I don't I it was a beautiful night. I mean, it really was. It was like Oakley was Charles Oakley was there, which is amazing that he showed up yeah. to a Nets game. Ice Cube was there. P. Diddy wearing um, his big three. uh t-shirt did you hear that noise that notification noise did that come through barely just barely it it did go through though right just barely no well well i, I don't know there's like a little squeak i don't know if that was what it was did you hear it again did you no, just hear no. Oh. why right. would you be excited no. if it was because that means we could play audio on your yeah it would mean it would mean a couple of things but anyways um <laughs> what, what was i saying before, uh, before um that? no it was a great night i just I felt like if they're going to do it, I mean, it's fine to do it, but I feel like the team itself needs to be better to justify recognizing someone who has no relation to the team, only has something to do with the borough. It's one of those moves you make is if you are a bad team and you need to get some kind of draw for like when the Yankees stunk, uh, like recently, they would have old timers day basically like every weekend where they'd bring back like Paul O'Neill or Scott Brocious or someone like Mm. that. And I worry that the Nets are going to tarnish their 
not their standing, but they're going to become eventually. Are we going to go down this rabbit hole of of people that we're honoring, and some we're eventually going to get to Michael K. Williams night, and we're going to hang a <laughs> banner of Omar, you know, like yeah. is that is that where this is going to end up? I hope it doesn't. That's, yeah, I hope um, this is a special a special circumstance that doesn't. Yeah, let's get repeated. let's not get carried away. Let's not get carried away. No, I like that. But no, I, what we were going to say is uh, Ice Cube and Oakley were sitting in their big three T-shirts. Did you see that? Yeah, They're no. I not, mean, not missing the opportunity to do some marketing <laughs> of their own there. I, yeah. I'm really interested. It, Did we talk well, about this last week? The big three. We talk. We talk. I think we talk about it pretty much every week. But I feel. I still think we need <laughs> to because we're going to. We're well, not without. We're going to get Kenyon Martin on, but we are going. We are efforting Kevin Kenyon Martin. He's a part of this thing. You're gonna make it happen. It's gonna happen. Do you want me to just do you want me to just play the role of Kenyon Martin for going forward and you can interview me? <laughs> what 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 uh what's your general just takeaway on whether this will be a success? The big three. Do we anyways, uh I mean I am personally very excited for it. Uh just as like a repository for for my nostalgia for these players. Um I think it's a nice, it's an obvious like overflow for old people. I, w- I am also very interested to see just like how immobile, like Charles Oakley is a player coach in this thing. Charles Oakley, when was the last time he played a, a game of organized basketball? Like I, I would, I have to think that there's some, some rust on those joints, Mike. And, um, and like, why do we like basketball? We like it because it's like awesome and people dunk <laughs> and they do fun stuff. And if yeah. you're, if you're Oakley, what is he going to do? Here's what I like about basketball too, though it's <laughs> it's the narrative, you know. It's a story. It's it's one of the best sports, I think, because it it marries in a lot of the major you know sports. There's not a whole lot you can do uh, individualistically, you know. Like we've talked about this before, but like you know, in football, there's a, a great distance. You ever been to a football game, a live football game? Yeah. You don't really get much of a sense of the personalities of the player, do you? No, you it, don't really. Doesn't, it's the least personality. Sp- that's why these guys retire, and we have yeah. no clue who they are. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm watching hockey, I don't think I've ever been able to tell one guy apart from. I mean, I don't watch hockey, but also like you know, in <laughs> baseball, there's you watching the pitcher primarily, so that, you know, you get that a sense of that person. But like, it's this interesting sort of amalgamation of of a team sport that's really kind of small individual moments, and you get to see a lot of the personality there. And that's why I think this thing, you know, has some carryover because you're just seeing the next, the last chapter, the the dinamo in uh, Charles Oakley's career, and to see what a a person with that kind of pugnacious demeanor looks like in his later years playing basketball, like some some YMCA style basketball. Well, um, that's yeah. So like, that's my issue. I'm excited for it. Don't, don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be good basketball. Yeah, that's I don't think anyone is going into it thinking that. That's I, I hope not, at least. I'm excited, but like we have seen celebrity basketball games, or how they had like I think there's like the the men's, women's, and old veterans three on three thing that they would do at the All Star game sometimes. I forget what it was exactly, but it was like the Minnesota player would play with the Minnesota Lynx player would play with the Minnesota legend of some kind, and that yeah. was never good. The legend right. is like never ever like oh wow he could still be doing this yeah um, yeah iverson will be interested like is iverson going to play the same way he played back in those like matt geiger sixers teams is that how we- i mean it's it's going to be see you gotta you gotta tune in mike That's i'm gonna tune it's gonna be like a spike in the ratings at the beginning that people are gonna realize that these dudes can't yeah. ball um yeah. I, f- I feel like there's gonna be a fair amount of fighting too i just get the sense that they've got too many um 
like frustrated old guys to not, to not throw some <laughs> some forty five year old elbows around. And to be honest, if it's XFL basketball, if it's like oh. like you know like after the mouse in the palace, the NBA cracked down on that kind of activities in basketball games. And this is like, listen, we're gonna get this is gonna get real. People are gonna be throwing down. People are gonna be pushing each other over. It's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I would be into that for slightly a while. What they need is they need like a Rafer Alston type, who mm. isn't they in get, the NBA. They get, uh, white chocolate. What are you talking about? No, I mean like someone who isn't in the NBA, but impresses you enough that he. Oh wow, this guy could be in the NBA. Like a doctor. They did. What? Sorry, they they did say that they're going to have street legends too. Yeah, like they they need a guy who who we can't see in the NBA, who is NBA quality that we don't really know about. They need the Dr. J ABA guy. They need the Rafer Alston just like street ball yeah. guy who we like, wow, he could actually probably play in the NBA. Yeah, like get get uh what's his name? Hook Mitchell out when he gets out of prison. That kind of thing. Is, you ever see that guy? Hook Mitchell? I'm I'm afraid to go down the rabbit hole of saying like should they get Lenny Cook, but I don't know where Lenny Cook is in his life. Dude, Lenny Cook is not has not touched a basketball in, in many years. Let's see where many Lenny years. Cook is. Anyways, uh big win over the Knicks. <laughs> I mean, this team, is this just that they the Nets have hit a lull in their schedule I get, I, in some way and that they're winning some games? Or is it, do we attribute this to Jeremy Lin? Like, does Jeremy Lin get just all the credit in the world for this? Yeah. Yes, I think he does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, it's it's not, um, it's difficult to say what, what, the, what the spiritual um, pivot here has been for this team. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with like, I hate to say this, but I, I, you know, addition by subtraction, Mike, are you familiar with that term? Oh, I, well, with Boyan? <laughs> yeah, I think that that was a really nice wow. trade for, for everybody involved. I got to tell you, uh, you know, it frees up Levert to, you know, he's he's been, like, I think, in, in his own mind, put over to the primary wing position. And I think that freedom has, has um, y- you know, had an effect on him. Um Boyan has been thriving in his own right as as a just a beneficiary instead of having to make plays all the time, which was not his comfort zone. It's just been a very nice, a nice even trade for everybody involved. No, you don't think so? No, no. I mean, obviously, for I'm the not gonna say, I'm not, it's not like a singularly attribute this like recent kind of surge to <laughs> right. to that it's trade. Boyan, I, it's the one dark cloud of, of Boyan. <laughs> it's one of a few things that's helped among them. Jeremy Lin's return. That kind of thing. Yeah, and and I think Lopez Brooks said after the Knicks game about someone must have asked him what Jeremy Lin's impact was on this team, and he says it's huge, it's the leadership, it's everything that he offers. And, I mean, it's practical that the fact that you get 25 to 30 minutes of Lin over Spencer Dinwiddie, your team is going to improve I got to tell you. Um, don't tell me. First of all, Din- Dinwiddie's don't improving. Don't tell me. Don't tell me about like, Dinwiddie. How old do you think Spencer Dinwiddie is, by the way? Because I thought he was way older than he is. Do you want me to click? I'm going to click on him right now. Let's He's 23. See. 23 He's... is pretty good. Yeah, I thought he was like 26. He's um, about to be 24. April because he had, that, he had that goatee. I feel like 26 is a goatee kind of age, you know? He, I mean, he uh, lo- yeah, he looks like an old man, kind of. He's got that but thing here's going the, on. He does. Uh, he also has, it's just his, his body language is an old, old man. But anyways, um I think Jeremy Lin, though, I, I watched him very closely. I watched that next game twice. And he is, as I, I got to tell you, he may be the lockdown defender that you have been de- denying <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's really a like, very conservative defender. Doesn't doesn't take a whole lot of chances or whatever, but he's uh, smart. He's smart, and he's one step ahead of, of some, I mean, 
Derrick Rose is not not as quick as he once was, but still, he's he's got a beat on him. Wow, you're saying Jeremy Lin is smart, huh? Harvard, <laughs> yeah, Harvard, Brian. No, okay, and no. yeah, maybe no, he's... I think not smart. He's got intuition. He's got he's got uh, you know physical intelligence, Mike. Um, it's it's certainly yeah, he's better than I said he was, but also it's I think it's partly aggression. Uh, anger, the fact that he hadn't been playing for too long. So, so I think <laughs> well, you're really getting inside of his head here. I think that's wow. fueling him defensively. Where if he was playing all season, he would not be as keyed in defensively as he has been lately. Um, I'm going to go the team's as far so as horrible as defensively. It's not as his, if... <laughs> his value is on the defensive end. That's where primarily I think that's I, I would go as far as to say like he's a more valuable ass. I mean, like look, Derrick Rose had his fit whatever seven what, seventeen points. Uh, so he, he did fine on some like not great shooting, but I, he, he's very smart defender. Mike is, I think it's, I think it's his strength in this, in this game. Um, sure. Uh, question. Don't, for wow. You. Okay. Don't well, brush me off like that again. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about, we talked about this before, but, um, so I, I guess Tim Bontemps, is this correct? Wrote something like a long piece about the nets and just their prospects for the future. And essentially the thing was that uh, 2021 is when the Nets can decide to to be good again. And they also spoke about – he spoke about how they should probably trade Lopez and Lynn, pointing out the Bogdanovich trade. Bogdanovich is a guy that they could have re-signed for any amount of money. They could have matched any offer. But because he's 28 years old and by the time he the team is good, he will be 32, 33. Yeah. Brooke and Lynn are the same age around. Um and that they should just be traded. You, you know what's the least controversial thing to say? Sure. Uh, a a bad NBA team can be good in four years. That's like the, yeah, every, yeah. Of course, that's that's about the timeline for every bad NBA team. I don't even. Do you agree with it? Do you agree with that idea? I mean, it's not. It's just not contentious. It's not a like. I mean, do I agree with it? I think it only takes four or five years for a bad team to get good. Like unless they're have like you know systemic issues with management or whatever like the knicks for example have like you know dolan is a big issue going forward and that's going to be like a roadblock for them you know perennially um but yeah i mean like for any like bad team it doesn't take even if you have even if your prospects are as dim as ours it doesn't take more than four or five years to get good yeah because if you just add one free agent every year hopefully that that is pretty decent and then maybe draft two guys over that four-year span that can be decent that's your team. I mean, I don't – I know this is tough to say because they're the worst team in the league by far. But, like, I really don't think they're that far from being, uh, like, just kind of respectable. I think because Marks has shown that he's a fairly smart GM. Atkinson has shown that he's a coach that is willing to do mostly anything to get his team in the right position. He's not a rigid coach. And if your team sucks, stinks – uh. You can't have a coach that's like completely rigid that won't bend for what he wants to do. Um, I think if they add like two more legitimate NBA players and draft two guys that are that can do something for them next year, you're gonna see like a twelve win improvement or something. And then yeah. it gets the ball rolling to decency. Um, I think it's I think also just saying good is kind of a a like meaningless uh, term like what like good is what I don't know what good there's a, a, a variety of kinds of good right right well, like good good meaning like playing for a championship in five years probably not right but no. 
good good being like you know having having the structure in place to be in position to talk about championships going forward yeah probably something like that that's if, if that's what they're getting at but also i mean in that thing there's like we're, the nets aren't going to be good next season it's like okay but what is what is good what is good i don't know i, don't I mean know for, what that means i mean to be honest for the nets like <clears throat> if they just get two wing players who can do something you can do something with the ball or score in some way or a really good shooter and are multi-dimensional not great Alan Crabb types is who I'm talking about here. That mm-hmm. would vastly improve the entirety of the team. And we saw this with Jeremy Lin right now. Jeremy Lin is on this t- now is playing point guard again. And that makes their bench point guard minutes even better because instead of having to shove again, Randy Foyer, Dinwiddie or whoever there for 38 or for 30 minutes a game, they're only playing 18 and there's a fresh 18 and Jeremy Lin's playing a pretty nice 25 and it just, it works out overall. Um, are we are we almost ready to start talking about the the draft or is that is that something are are, are those prospects uh, starting to solidify in any way or is it just totally all over the place for you? No, no. I mean, it's it's what's really interesting, especially with this team, is that so they've already shown that they've gone the <clears throat> Isaiah Whitehead's not that unusual, but Levert was a pretty unusual pick, um, mm-hmm. And that there's so many international dudes that if you look on Draft Express, there are just so many of them who are like seven feet tall, weigh 200 pounds, all shoot threes, and don't play basketball. They just don't. Yeah. They're just on the bench somewhere in some place. Mm-hmm. And it to me, it would be unusual if the Nets suddenly took like just like two 19-year-olds who aren't really good in America. It'd make more sense for them to get like – if they're going to try to find the market inefficiency, it'd be getting the international dudes. That's still – we have no clue how to judge them compared to anything. It's going to be – again, the draft is good. I mean, but when you – now that the Wizards are playing so well and the Celtics, obviously, that's, those are the two picks that they have. They're going to be drafting, you know. It is nice to go into a, a draft with with some you know modicum of, of trust in, in the management to pick a good person. I, I haven't felt that way in a very long time. Um. What was I going to grab grab you for? Let's talk Knicks, Knicks Nets depression. My, oh, yeah. My take is uh, I think the Knicks have, have moved and taken the crown of depression from the Knicks. Yeah. <clears throat> um, or the, Net, the Knicks have taken the crown of depression from the Nets. Uh, they yeah. shouldn't be because they have Chris Stapps and they have Carmelo. But it, they are like the Knicks fans are just depressed. I mean, you look on our Twitter feed. If we say anything about the Nets, they don't even – we say anything about the Knicks, they don't even fight back anymore. There's not even we used to get pushback. There's there seems to have been like a breaking point here, hasn't it? Because they they used to be just like, um, like almost like totally insensitive, like you like you're still our kid brothers kind of thing. Even though that you know that's totally up for debate, uh, but it does seem like there is there has been a like a, a breaking of their will, hasn't there? And and it shouldn't be right because they <laughs> do have Chris Stapps and they have Carmelo. Um, I think yeah. it's there so. There's only so long that you can have a bad owner that you can have faith that anything's going to be different. I mean, they took the biggest swing possible getting Phil, who is the the greatest or second greatest basketball coach of all time. And the situation is not any better than it was under Isaiah or anyone else that they have. You know, it's really like a source of disappointment. I, I would say if I were a Knicks fan <clears throat> watching the end of that Knicks-Nets game and their crunch time strategy is just – Carmelo in the corner chucking threes. It's just 
uh, contested threes on top of everything. It's like this is this is horrible. This is horrible to watch. It's horrible. Uh, even I mean, it was great as a Nets fan to watch that happen because he hits them. You know, it's like he you know he hits his like forty five percent or whatever. But it's just such a horrific play every time. I don't know what I know. Carmelo's thinking like he doesn't want to leave because he loves New York and. He probably hates Phil so much right now that he'd rather like wait out Phil and wait out leaving Phil. And Melo probably doesn't consider himself the issue, but I mean, it's just like that is the I think them and the Bulls, which is funny because Wade and Carmelo are such good friends. But like those are the two weirdest teams in the league that have no clue what they want to do. And they have all these pieces that don't none of them fit together. None of them make sense. And almost like they should all both. They should swap players and basically be like Carmelo's be like, I'll go to Chicago and play with Wade. The Bulls you get and then the Bulls get like Derrick Rose back again and Joe Kim Noah back again. And the Knicks just get all the young players and see like how everything shakes out. I mean, they're an absolute depressed situation. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a statistical deep dive on on <clears throat> Carmelo Anthony in the clutch because I think that could explain why he's like, you know, a good player that doesn't that can't seem to ever win anything. Why? Um, that that he doesn't his decision-making skills in the last four minutes of a game seem terrible to me. They just seem really bad, well, don't they? I don't know. They're very like they're very like they're, there's no next level with him. It's not like like you know how we used to everyone used to yell at Car- uh, LeBron because he would he would pass the ball in these big situations. But it's like mm-hmm. Carmelo is very much like, oh, I've got the ball. All right, I'm gonna shoot the ball. Like there's yeah. not like yeah. a uh, maybe I'll try to get the defense in a bad position and then we'll pass it around. It's just very much yeah. like. I got the ball. I'm just going to shoot it. We'll see what <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. So to I guess to answer your point, I mean like this is this is the the age-old conundrum of like assets versus management, you know? You can you can <clears throat> you can do a lot with bad management and good assets, right? And you can't do much with good management and bad assets. So it's uh, <laughs> I, w- I I wouldn't say it's it's exactly you know, even I, I would prefer at this moment to just based on like just what I have seen and heard about about the Dolan uh, contingency. It's uh, that would be very hard to root for at the moment, I think, just just on a spiritual level, you know, just the way that everything is in the world. You know, I would I would like to not root for one of these types of people again. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And, on the big philosophical scale. It, it's it, it's a tough thing to love a team so much and then but hate the person who owns that team. So yeah. and you know like you know what's going to happen if the Knicks ever become good again. There's going to be some idiot who writes an article about how Dolan's changed his ways and he's the credit because he he changed it and he brought his magical touch right in and, and he helped them out and there'll be someone who say give us the Dolan has changed article when I I doubt that I mean the dude's what. 50 years old now however old he is it's not like he's gonna suddenly uh not be a terrible owner is he only uh 50 years old i gotta look at this i don't think he's that old he can't be that old maybe he is but um six he's 61 yeah well looks good for 61 (laughs) (laughs) it does um good anything else before we go to news uh no let's do some news it's the news all right go go All right, news around the league here. Uh, so we're we're in that time of the year when playoff positioning is crucial. Everyone's kind of moving up and down the standings. We're trying to figure out where everything is. What is what is 
we're doing this today on Tuesday, and as we speak Tuesday, the Warriors have been knocked from their perch as the number one seed in the West. The mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs are the number one seed via a tiebreaker, and uh, they have lost. Where did they lost five of the last seven? The Warriors have, which the Nets then are a better team right now than the Warriors. I think we can justifiably say that. And also, mm-hmm. meanwhile, in Cleveland, the Cavs defensively have been horrible, and the Wiz and Celtics are only a couple of games back. Mike, so, what's going on with your Wiz, man? What is going on over there? You, you excited for that? Is that the? <clears throat> I got to be honest. That's my. That's my like. My playoff, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. I, this is my my pet team in the playoffs right now. I mean, uh, again, I said it. You know, that Boyan would become Clay Thompson playing with John Wall. It's happened. He's better than Clay Thompson. He's maybe <laughs> he's maybe Steph Curry. He's maybe at the Steph Curry level. Uh, there, I. But I mean, they did lose to Minnesota, so it's like the same old. They're not like completely dominant, and I think overall it's not going to mean much. But uh, it's so it's exciting to actually. Uh, follow these that Beal and Wall can play together. But um, before and for the longest time, it's been a conclu- uh, foregone conclusion that the Warriors and Cavaliers were going to meet again in the finals. Uh, but again, as I said, Spurs are now tied in the standings, but first seed seeding, and the Cavaliers are not that good right now. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> is there wiggle room? The question to you: Is there a wiggle room for a finals? That is not a rematch. And who would that be? I mean, that's because we can easily say that, yeah, the Warriors and Cavs are struggling. But, like, who would be the team that would knock them off? Uh, I don't want to break your heart here, Mike, <laughs> but it's not going to be an Eastern Conference team coming out. I I hate to I hate to. I know that your hopes are high right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't <clears throat> I don't think there's I'd be if I if another question would be, are you more worried about the Warriors or, or Cavaliers? I'd be way more worried about the Warriors right now, just in terms of teams that they yes. have to play. They have the, the Spurs are obviously just as good. And Durant, you have no clue if he's going to come back. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. And, and I think that like the, there's sort of been a, this has kind of been like talked about a little bit over, over the course of the season, but that there's a, a, a zigging to a zagging movement. Like <clears throat> the Warriors have exposed a like pretty severe weakness, which is that they don't play well against teams with formidable interior players, right? They did poorly against uh, even like DeMarcus Cousins on his own, but like Memphis and, and uh, San Antonio. So, and not that they have like, you know, like that those players are like specifically interior, but just big men in general. Um, and so there's like, I think that they've almost shot the moon on going like so guard heavy, you know, or so, um, so wing heavy. Uh, and I mean, not again, not that that's like, you know, they're still, you know, hyper dominant or whatever, but there is a small, there's a small window there where there used to not be. Am I right? Or am I wrong? No, you're, I mean, and what's really going to be interesting is that. So if, if the warriors are the two seed, let's play this out a little bit. That means that they're going to get the rockets in round two, which um, the rockets wouldn't, abuse them on the inside but Zach Lowe this said this on his podcast last time that he talked to Daryl Morey and Morey is essentially like we're building this team so that we're gonna we hope to make 23s in four different games in a series um Mm -hmm. that would that would be pretty tough to beat overall uh the Rockets would make things much tougher I mean even if they were the one seed the Jazz I mean the Jazz have got like I mean they are the most interior of interior teams and they they have it's just the problem with the Warriors is that Durant became the pseudo center in a way for this team, at least the rim protector. 
And Draymond had been put in the closet essentially from that aspect. And it's tough mm-hmm. to then like totally, totally switch him back to being uh, prowling the the paint Draymond. I mean, that's not like mm-hmm. an easy button just to press. Uh, the Spurs are like, and again, because Kawhi Leonard doesn't speak, Tim Duncan's not on the team anymore, and Manu and Parker are both old. But like, I honestly can't tell you how the Spurs are like that phenomenally great right now. It's just that Kawhi is, I guess, incredible, and they just have every person. <laughs> Everyone on their team like plays a certain position. They just played so well. I honestly, seriously, can't tell you why the Spurs are so good. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. I thought they were going to not be that good this year after so many years. Yeah, um, yeah, and honestly, I mean, I haven't watched the last like month worth of of Golden State Warriors games just because I've just wanted to watch other games, I guess. Um, but I don't know. Like, has has the Zaza Pachulia signing like like is that is that going to fix any of those problems that we talked about going forward or is that i mean like i don't like, I, I mean the thi- so it depends on like what you want from zaza and the, but the, the, the whole issue is that like so it's sort of like what the rockets are doing right like when zach lowe was talking about his podcast they're saying how the rockets didn't get a traditional center they wanted bogut but they didn't get one beyond mm-hmm. anyone that they wanted from bogut because it was like no one's going to make us that much better defensively and yeah so like Zaza is can probably do part of the job defensively on some big guys, but in the end, the best thing for the Warriors is to have Kevin Durant at the five or Draymond at the five. And yeah, if Durant's not playing or if he comes back at the start of the playoffs, um, it's going to make <clears throat> it much more difficult to figure out uh, like who who in their area how they're going to be able to hold their ground. I mean, there's just too mm-hmm. many good teams, even like. Even the Clippers, the Clippers get beat by the Warriors all the time. The Clippers are going to to be, if without Durant, the Clippers are going to be much more easier to to beat against the Warriors. I don't know. I mean, it's you it's know what awesome. I watched part of recently again. Have you ever seen a uh, Hoop Dreams Part Two? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Hoop Dreams I know Part you bring Two. What's that? What 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 is is it? There's a Part Two to Hoop Dreams. Yeah, it, it features uh, Patrick Beverly. Uh, follows, oh. but it's it's and there's a great part where Patrick Beverly. So it's uh, J uh, Ag is I forget, Arthur Ag is like so he's like grown now and he's like trying to impart knowledge about um like what it's like to you know all, all the all the lessons you learn from hoop dreams and so on and so forth. And uh, <clears throat> there's a part where it, like it's like dead of night. It's, it looks pretty cold. Patrick Beverly is just like shooting free throws by himself and Arthur Ag is talking to him and he's just like not paying any attention. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> I, he's like, I don't, I don't need to hear anything you're telling me. Like I, and, and that's, it was really actually like, uh, like it, it kind of, um, informed me a little bit about to like, you know, what, what kind of a player he turned out to be. I don't know. He's just like so singular minded. He's, uh, I, I've just been like in awe of, of Patrick Beverly recently really enjoyed watching him. Yeah. And it's, it, it's incredible. It's so funny you say that because it really is like exactly who he is. Like he just doesn't. He's not going to conform to any standard. Beverly has never been anything other than what he technically is, which is just an agitator, some somewhat ball handler, and that's all he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you that in the East, it's unlikely because once Kevin Love does come back, and I have more faith that he'll come back and be fine uh, than Durant at this point. Um, Cleveland will be fine for the most part, especially because they got Darren Williams. The West mm-hmm. is going to be extremely interesting. 
and I don't even think that the Spurs are ne- necessarily a shoe-in or the Warriors. I mean, it could really be pretty much any of the top five teams. The Clippers could even get in there, um, but we'll see. You um, think so? One, one, uh, well, one more thing. Vince Carter, okay, our old buddy, went six for six from three last night with the Grizzlies. He's a free agent at the end of the season, Brian. Um, <laughs> let me throw this idea out to you, okay? Oh, my goodness. The Nets want to put fannies in the seats. Vince Carter yeah. is a pretty good player. Um, sure. Would you be upset if you saw the headline, Nets sign Vince Carter for something like two years, $25 million total? Would that upset you? Would that- yeah, I think I think. <laughs> I think it would, honestly. That's not the direction I want to see this team going in. Oh, my. Uh, The thing is, he's actually a good player. He's a good basketball player. He can do do what this team would need, which would be a win scorer. I don't know, man. His numbers are not so hot, honestly. I mean, he's shooting like 40% from the floor or something. He's he's not doing well. He's still solid. He still still gets it done. (laughs) He was effective. He was one of the better players. He's one of the better wing players don't, on hey, the Grizzlies. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I love me some Vince Couldn't Carter. You, oh my god. Couldn't you see they're gonna they're gonna put him on every poster? Mike, you're a headlines guy, and I get it. I get why you're the into Vince it. The Vince is back. Yeah. Like I get that? why you're into it. But it's the Vince um, is back. You know, any minute that goes to Vince Carter should be going to Randy Foy, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare I'm you, sir? I'm uh, just kidding. Um one last so I'm 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 pro re signing Vince Carter, and I'm gonna start that movement. One last thing, LeVar Ball. We talked about LeVar Ball before, the father of Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, this is just cracks me up. So people are very mad this time. People are very mad at LeVar Ball because LeVar recently said that uh, he could take Michael Jordan one-on-one. He would have destroyed Michael Jordan easily. Yeah. Um, what is the, the, the craziest thing about this storyline to me is that so we've we've kind of gone through like before when he was talking about his sons and putting pressures on his sons. And I understood the idea that maybe LeVar should be talking about his sons and hyping them up so much because it puts too much pressure on them in some way. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But now people are <laughs> – I've seen commentators take it seriously what LeVar Ball is saying, that they're taking seriously that <laughs> – that, that then they they have to analyze the situation. They've gone down to look at, well, LeVar Ball averaged like two points at Washington State his freshman year. There's no way that he could be able to beat MJ 101. It was like, well, yeah, that's, of course he can't beat MJ 101. But that's not the, the dude's just a an S-talker. He's a carnival barker. He's a grade A promoter. That's what he's going to do. He just talks crap the whole time. Don't take him seriously. Don't Did even, you watch? What? Did you watch the ESPN promo for the Meet the Ball family like mini thing that they're doing? No. What you're you're going to love this. You have to watch it. Oh, my uh, God. It's basically – it's um, like uh, Lonzo Ball and his brother playing like in the backyard or something. <clears throat> and his kid brother like like yeah, takes him off the dribble and he like slips like ever so slightly. And the, his little brother goes berserk and runs into the house and tells the whole family. And the whole family comes out to laugh at, <laughs> at, the, at their star college player's son. And uh, LeVar Ball was like, he's like, we go hard in these hills. You, you've, getting, you've been getting soft. You've been getting so soft up there. Uh, it's really good. You have to watch it. 
I mean, I'm ready for. I, I've told you, I'm ready for the whole, the entire ball family to be in our the lives. The ball family looks like a hoot. It looks like it's going to be a real hoot. And like the other most famous family we have right now in the NBA is the Curry family. Yeah. Could it be nicer? Couldn't it be more like just like, just straight down the middle of suburban, just happy to be here, very very polite, just yeah. Like the dad's, you know, Del Curry's there. He's very calm in the stands, watches his sons, doesn't try to take too much credit for Curry. And then we got now we have Lavar Lavar Ball, who's just like, I married my wife because I thought she'd make good kids that we would mate yeah. well together. And you're like, whoa, yeah, that is awesome. I don't know. I you like you like that, huh? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, that's you're all, you're all about the kids yourself. Yeah, you? that's what I married my wife. So I don't know what what kind of kids would we produce. Not athletic kids. I don't want my kids to play sports. So Cross-eyed invalids. <laughs> <Nice. Yeah. laughs> um, that's the Glue Guys podcast, Brian. Oh, we did it. We did everyone it. Everyone in the can. Uh, hope, hopefully, everyone survived the blizzard uh, today. Yeah. Kind of. It's a pretty. Out. It's a pretty weak blizzard again. And and it's so funny. You... I I was walking around with Georgie, my dog, yeah. love of my life, <clears throat> and uh, it's like there's something like f- I enjoy so much about weather talk just everyone you talk to same conversation what's well, not bad today huh and then like yeah. everyone gets their meteorologist hat on and every, it's just so so wait when you're out and about you just talk to random passerby all the time about the weather when what you have kind a, of when you have a dog that people come up to wow. you to start talking to you they think they that's what happens that's what happens yeah the what, dog park how, everyone's talking to each other how big of a part of dog ownership? Like, what, like when you were thinking, like, I want to get a dog, <laughs> was know. a big part of it. Like, I need to talk to more strangers. Yeah, right? that's <laughs> I, I, I somehow I just, getting how the good can graces I of everyone I pass. How can I? How can I talk? How, what's an? What's a good icebreaker? Oh, yeah. a, owning an animal. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> well, right. good. You did it. All right. So the. I think it's tonight. Yeah, the Nets are playing the Thunder tonight. The game's happening because the blizzard wasn't. Ooh, that'll be a good one. Yeah, that'll be okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like the emotion level of Russell Westbrook against a team that obviously isn't prepared to handle it. But yeah. it'll be exciting. Um, hey, we got our locked-in defender on him, so don't worry, no worries there for me. Uh, so the Nets are making their playoff push, so uh, thank you for listening and stay with us throughout the NBA playoffs. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, where can you follow us? Um, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. iTunes you know, give us a rating. Doesn't matter what. Hopefully no, it's five. You, hopefully five, please. Hopefully Take five. Care. Give us a rating. Um, and again, Almighty Baller Network and SB Nation, we're on Nets Daily. And read all the content. Click on every article on Nets Daily at least five times. <laughs> please do. If you could do that, that'd be great. Good, good. Brian. Hey, good night, everybody. Good night. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.